he gave me the idea of an online boot camp. He wanted us to gather again. He wanted us to start hearing from God together again. And because of that, he can start ministering his word. He can start ministering his spirit to us. And when that happens, transformation can take place. We can be transformed from glory to glory. And you know what? The revival that we've all been praying for, the great awakening that everybody is waiting for worldwide, you know, Christian worldwide, is a, it's all about the revival of his glory. Okay? It's a revival of his glory. It's when he will manifest his glory like we've never seen before. Okay? Where he'll become the center of church life. Where he'll become the center of people's lives. That kind of revival where Jesus is at, at the center of everything. All right? Where his glory is manifesting. That's the kind of revival he wants. That's the kind of revival he, he wants to happen among us. It will start in the church and it will overflow to the world. Now, no man, no human being can ever manufacture a true revival except God. Except God. But because I heard him, I said to him, I am willing, Lord. I am willing to be transformed from glory to glory and to be used by you in these last days. And you know what? That's all he's asking. As we, like John 14, 21 has said, as we submit to his will, as we follow him every day, obey his word every day, step by step with Jesus, God will have his revival. Amen? He will have his revival. This is his heart. This is what he wants to happen. He wants to reveal himself to the church. Amen? Amen? That's an amen from the Holy Spirit. May we hear his heart tonight. Amen? He doesn't only want uh, individual revival. He wants family revival. He wants church revival. He wants worldwide kind of revival. Amen? He wants to step in. Hallelujah. And that's what the boot camp is all about. Allowing God to step in. Allowing God to uh, make his divine reset. Uh, create his divine reset on our lives. Amen. So we can start all over with him and now we can move and walk with him and run with him as fast as we can because that's what he wants. Amen. So... I just want to share that he um, actually he reminded me to actually he told me to actually share it with you already, amen. Because this is not believe me, guys. Uh, Australia was so far from my mind <laughs> because I could not go there, you know, and my mind was so full of ministry here in the Philippines because we were stuck here. But God, God, God has not forgotten his plan and his purpose for Australia. Amen? So, that's just my introduction. I just want to say that to you. Amen? I just want to declare that God wants his revival and we will be part of that. Amen? We will be part of that revival the glory revival. Amen. So let's continue learning about our authority and power over darkness. Amen. Over darkness. And that is so timely. Okay. That's what he gave me tonight, but I want, and I'm just reminded now. Okay. I just want, I want to 
uh, insert this. In uh, Isaiah 60, it says there, Isaiah 60 verse 1, Arise, shine, for your light has come. What's that light? And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Amen. He's talking to us. He's talking to the people of God. He said, let's arise. His glory is on us. In fact, his, the glory of God is already inside of us. Amen. It's inside of us because the presence of God is there. So the glory of God is there. And it says there, verse 2, For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. And that's what's happening right now. Amen? And deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Amen? Hallelujah. So, the darkness that surrounds us is a sign that the glory is coming. That the glory will not only be inside of us, but it will be upon us. What does that mean? It means it will manifest. God will show himself. Amen. He will manifest through the church. He will revive us. Amen. We will have a daily encounter with God. And through us, that glory will spread out through all the earth. And that's the time because we are in deep darkness. Do you agree with me? So when deep darkness is here, the glory of God, it's the, it's the time for the glory of God to appear. Amen? And we're part of that because it's going to appear upon us. Amen? Upon us. Say to yourself, upon me. Yeah, upon you. Amen. Upon you. Not only inside of you, but upon you. People will see it. Your friends will see it. Your family will see it. The world will see it. Amen. So, so God wants us to talk about that. You know, he wants us to talk about our authority and our power over darkness this darkness that we see has to be overwhelmed with the glory that's within us and the glory that's going to be upon us amen so uh let me read to you hebrews 2 14 okay so that's just our introduction let's go to our teaching hebrews 2 I hope you're already awakened. Amen. Hebrews 2, 14. Let me read to you. And the other one is Colossians 2, 15. Okay. I'll read it both. Hebrews 2, 14. So then, as the children share in flesh and blood, he likewise took part in these, so that through death he might destroy him who has the power of death, that is the devil. And this is talking about our Jesus Christ, who came in flesh and blood, took, took our nature, amen? And through death, what happened? He destroyed Satan, who had the power of death. He has no power of death anymore. He had it, but through the cross, amen, when Jesus died on that cross, when he resurrected, when he ascended on high, amen, and we were, when he was seated at the right hand of the Father, he completely destroyed Satan, amen? He completely destroyed him. And in Colossians 2.15, it says, Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Amen. The word there, disarm, means Jesus has put away all the weapons of the enemy. Amen. He has eradicated it. And that means the enemy today, Satan and all his demonic cohorts are not only destroyed by Satan, they, by God, I'm sorry, by God, but they are now powerless. 
They are powerless over the church. Amen. They're powerless over the church and we have the power and we have the authority over Satan and over all his demonic force forces. Amen. Amen. I want that to sink in. We should never be afraid of Satan and his demonic works. We should never be afraid of darkness. Amen. Darkness should be afraid of us. Hallelujah. Amen. Because darkness can never overwhelm light. Light will always overwhelm darkness. Go inside a very dark room. Amen. Go inside a very dark room and just match a light. Match a light. What happens to the darkness? It goes away. Right? A little light. Darkness flees. Amen. So, now I want you to look at a very familiar verse. We will now tie this in. Look at Ephesians 6.12. Ephesians 6.12. says there, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but look at this. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Did you notice? It's the same terminology of Colossians 2.15. Jesus said he has disarmed principalities and powers. It says in Ephesians 6.12, we are wrestling against principalities and powers that has already been defeated. That has already been made powerless by Jesus Christ. He has been disarmed. Amen? So, so why are we wrestling with them? For only one reason. Only one reason. We are here right now with the authority that God has given us, with the power in the name of Jesus that he has delegated to us, we are here as the church right now to restrain him, to stop him in his works against humanity. Amen? And we have the authority to enforce the victory of Jesus Christ. That's what the authority is for. Amen? Not to win over him, but to enforce his defeat. To remind him. To remind him once and for all he is defeated. Amen? And we have authority over him. You see, victory is our inheritance. Victory, the victory of Christ is potentially ours. It says so in the Bible. But it only becomes a reality when you enforce it. Amen? Amen? Do you get it? Everybody's, uh, you know, everybody's saying, yeah, we have victory. I'm more than conqueror. It's not, it's not what you know. It's what you enforce. It's what you apply. It's what you obey. Amen? It's what matters. Victory is potentially, uh, potentially ours, but it only becomes a reality when you enforce it, when you apply it. So let's look at Psalm 91. Psalm 91. I hope you're getting strengthened by this. Amen. Psalm 91. If you're being attacked by the enemy, it's time to turn the tables on him. All right. Let's turn the tables on him in our lives and in our families. You see, most Christians know what belongs to them. But not many know how to take advantage of it. Not many, not many Christians know how to take advantage of what we already have. We have a far greater advantage over the enemy because we have Christ's victory. It's a matter of knowing how to take victory over the enemy. Amen? 
how to take it. Now, look at Psalm 91. Now, before I read it, see, unless, I have to say this, though, unless we, uh, unless we know the authority and the power, unless we have the authority and power to meet the attacks of Satan in our time, we are going under in defeat. Okay. Oops. You can still hear me? Okay. Yeah. Wait. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. Okay. Unless we know how to take victory over Satan and to meet his attacks, we are going under in defeat. So even if we're very powerful, have been blessed with all kinds of spiritual blessings, loved by God eternally, redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, amen. If we do not know how, and we do not know the word of God, we will still be defeated. Amen? That's why we're studying this. Okay? Now, before I go to Psalm 91, look at 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4. It says there, whose minds the God of this present age has blinded, those who are unbelievers. He blinded them so that the light from the good news or the gospel about the splendor of the anointed one, who is God's image, would not dawn on them. Satan here is called the God of this present age. He's the God of this present age. That means not everything that's happening in the world comes from God. Amen? Doesn't come from God. Because in this present age, there's a small G, God, small God, running around, creating chaos and destruction all over. And it has nothing to do with the sovereignty of God. Amen? has nothing to do with it. So God is not, Satan is the God of this world and he is behind everything bad that is happening. He is behind the coronavirus. He is behind every sickness and disease. He is behind every accident and calamity. He is behind every terrorist attack, every lack, every poverty, amen? And he uses people and he uses situations according to this verse, for what purpose? To blind people's minds. Blind them to what? To see the glory of Christ. It says there, the enemy does not want us or he doesn't want People to see the glory of God. He doesn't want that. You know? And what's, what's the glory of God? What's the glory of God? The glory of God, that's so hard in one sentence. In one, it's, it's so hard to define the glory of God. But the glory of God in the Bible is everything that God is. Everything that makes God, God. Amen? And the literal translation of glory is in hebrew means heavy that means god is heavy with everything good wow god is heavy with everything good and that's the reason why the enemy puts so much evil into the world so that we don't see the good 
so that people won't see the good. Because once they see the good, they will see God. Amen? Good and God are synonymous. God is good. Amen? God is good. So, and if we're, if we're not careful, if we are not careful as Christians, not only are unbelievers blinded, but Christians, sad to say, can also be blinded. Amen? They can also be blinded. We can be blinded by wrong doctrines. We can be blinded by traditions. We can be blinded by painful situations. Amen? So that what happens to the Christian, we focus more on the problem instead of the solution. And what's the solution? What we've been praying for these past days in Ephesians 1, remember? Pray that the eyes of our understanding be enlightened. Lord, give us a spirit of revelation and wisdom to know you better. Amen? So instead of, you know, he will blind us so that we get distracted and we focus on situations that are painful, situations that are heavy, situations that are bad, and we forget. We forget wisdom. We forget the revelation of God. Amen? We focus on, and if we're not careful, like this pandemic, and I know some Christians are not careful, we can focus on coronavirus instead of focusing on healing, instead of focusing on divine health. Amen? Which Jesus already provided for. There is a cure for coronavirus. And the cure is Jesus. The cure is what he did on the cross. That's the cure. Amen. And we should be the one, we should be broadcasting that. Amen. The church should be broadcasting it more than, more than uh, just complying with rules and regulation. The world needs real solutions. Even right now, some people are afraid to take vaccines. You know, because of this, uh, uh, what they call a conspiracy thing in worldwide, you know? Of course, because there's only one solution. It's the healing that comes through the name of Jesus Christ. It's the healing that comes through the word of God. Amen. And we need to enforce that. We're authorized by Jesus himself in the Great Commission to heal the sick. We are commissioned, amen? We are authorized to do that. So I want to say, you know, I want to say Satan may be powerful in the earth, but Jesus, our Lord, is the victor, amen? He is the victor. He has defeated him. In fact, in Hebrews 2, he has destroyed him. He has disarmed demonic forces, and we are just we just need to enforce it. Now, look at Psalm 91, verse 13. Psalm 91, verse 13. I'm always, it's my okay. Psalm 91, verse 13. Says. <clears throat> You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent, you shall trample underfoot. Wow, that's great news. Okay. Again, you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent, you shall trample underfoot. Fantastic. We have authority to tread upon trample the enemy and that means to walk all over them that means to walk on them to walk all over them in victory and in order for us to do that they have to be beneath us right in order for you to walk on them they have to be beneath us but praise god remember ephesians 1 that anointed prayer that says he has put 
all things under his feet. Remember that? He has put all things under his feet. Jesus is the head, we are the body, and the feet is in the body, right? The feet is in the body. So, Satan is under our feet. That's what the verse is really saying. Amen? Satan is under our feet. Hallelujah. That is good news. That's why you can walk on him. Amen? You can walk all over Satan. Hallelujah. I remember Smith Wigglesworth, no? the, the man of God who was used mightily uh, last century. He was used mightily. And one, one evening, suddenly Satan himself, not a demonic spirit, Satan himself appeared while he was sleeping, appeared at the foot of his bed. Do you know that story? And when he saw, when he saw Satan, you know what he did? He just said, oh, it's just you. And then he went back to sleep. See, he's nothing. He's brought to nothing. Amen. He's the spirit of fear. We're the spirit of love. Perfect love casts out fear. Amen. If we dwell in the love of God every day, no matter what happens, even sometimes if we make a mistake, sometimes uh, we fail to do something right. Amen. Does not really matter. Because we can never change what Jesus did for us on the cross. There is always forgiveness. There's always cleansing. There's always uh, a new start with God. Hallelujah. There's always the power of the Spirit of God. And when Satan appears at your bed, what do you say? Oh, it's just you. And you go back to sleep. Amen. And before, and before you sleep, better say, Get out of my foot. Amen. Get out of my life. Get out of my house. Amen. In Jesus' name. So, it says there again in Psalm 91. Psalm 91. You shall tread upon the lion. The lion is, the, is a picture, a type of Satan. Amen. It's a type of Satan. Because lions are fierce. Amen bloodthirsty, cruel. Amen. But we have to remember something. There is another lion, the real lion, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Amen. He, Jesus is the real king. He's the real lion king. Hallelujah. And Jesus, who comes from the tribe of Judah, is called the lion of the tribe of Judah. And do you know what Judah means? I think you know this. Judah means, in literal Hebrew, right, praise. So Jesus Christ is the lion, king of the tribe of praise. Amen? He is the lion of the tribe of praise. So if you want Jesus to reveal himself to you, Amen. If you want him to show himself strong and mighty, working on your behalf, when things become dark, you start praising him. Amen. You start worshiping him. You lift up your, you lift up your hands. Hallelujah. And you remember him. Remember Acts 16.25? In Acts 16.25, Remember Paul and Silas? They were thrown in prison. They were guarded heavily. They were, their feet were in chains. But by the midnight hour, by midnight, what did they start to do? They started praying. They started singing hymns to the Lord. Hallelujah. Wow. What does that teach us? It teaches us that at the darkest hour, where hope is all gone, amen, that's the time you lift up your hands, amen, that's the time you remember Jesus, your Lord, your Savior, that's the time you acknowledge that he is good and his mercy endures forever, amen, and you start worshiping him, 
Amen. And you start worshiping him louder and louder, louder than the problem. Louder than what people are saying. Hallelujah. And you start lifting up his name. And when Paul and Silas did that, you remember? What happened? A great earthquake came. Amen. The prison doors were open. They got free. Hallelujah. They got free. And not only that, not only that, but the guard, the prison guard himself. Can you imagine? The prison guard and all of his household got saved that day. Got saved that night. Amen. There was a household revival. Hallelujah. That's what happens. Hallelujah. You want a household revival? Start praising him every day. Hallelujah. Start praising him every day. The more the, the, more the enemy attacks, the more you sing loudly. Hallelujah. And remember and shout that he is good. His mercy endures forever. Now let's look at Psalm 22 verse 3. It says there, But you are holy, O you who inhabits the praises of Israel. God inhabits the praises of his people. How does he inhabit our praises? With his anointing. Amen? With his anointing. And what's the anointing? The anointing is the manifest presence and power of God. That's how in, he inhabits. Amen? So when you start praising him, when you start worshiping him from your heart, wow, God shows up big. He shows up big. Amen? That's what he does. You know, I remember years ago, years ago, I was in a youth camp. I was one of, one of the speakers there. And it was the time, it was the time of my friend um, to speak. And, and she told me while she's going to preach, she wants me to intercede. So at the backstage, I remember the backstage, I started interceding and praying. But what I did at first was to start worshiping. So I started worshiping God. Amen. And then while I was worshiping him, then I started worshiping him in the spirit, start praying, start interceding. Hallelujah. And I don't know how long that was. I don't know how long I was worshiping God, praying in tongues, worshiping in the spirit. Suddenly I heard a sound from heaven, a sound of a mighty wind, like Acts 2. You know, like Acts 2. I, I heard it. From my right side, above, I heard it. Then I stopped. I stopped worshiping because it was so loud. You know? It was a mighty wind. And then it swirled, swirled around me at the back. And then, and then it went at my left side. And then when it went at my left side, I started to follow the sound. And when I followed the sound, uh, it ended up where the preaching or where the youth was congregated it ended up there so i went out of the prayer room went where the sound was and behold you know what happened when i finally went there when the sound was there all the youth campers were on the floor all of them all of them they said slain in the spirit i don't want slain it's like being killed no they were on the floor they were on the floor some of them were uh some of them were crying some of them were speaking tongues you know all at the same time when that sound hit them they they hit the floor amen that was the glory of god that was the glory of god that's how that's what happens when we worship when we acknowledge who our God is, he shows up big. Hallelujah. I cannot forget that day. Up to now, I cannot forget that day. And there were signs and wonders that happened there that I haven't seen any, I haven't seen it yet again. It hasn't been repeated. 
but wow praise the lord you know we have a promise from the word of god god inhabits the praises of his people hallelujah amen so actually practically i will tell you this practically you should give time to worship why because at at first in the first moments when you're worshiping him it's all mental worship have you experienced that it's all mental worship you're just singing the song amen singing the song but your mind is still wandering hallelujah <laughs> you know it, it comes from just you're just singing it because you have memorized the song hallelujah it comes second nature to you but somehow uh your mind is far away what do you do then you still worship you focus your eyes on the lord until what is coming out of your lips is really coming out of your heart amen until your heart and your lips agree hallelujah and all your focus is on the lord it is not mental worship that brings the anointing that's why that's why you have so you see men many people worshiping but sometimes there's no anointing <laughs> have you been in those places you know they're worshiping but you know <laughs> none there's none there's nothing happening nothing no amen so it's not mental worship that brings the anointing it's worship that flows out from your heart that brings the presence of god that brings the power of god that brings the anointing for he is the lion of the tribe of praise hallelujah amen amen so we should we should make that a practice every day now look at psalm 57 verse 4 psalm 57 verse 4 <clears throat> okay my soul is among lions <laughs> my soul is among lions psalm 91 said remember have you ever felt that have you ever felt that that you are among lions that that you're being attacked that you're surrounded by by things that are bad circumstances are bad amen and in psalm 91 says you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot the young lion there okay the young lion there is a picture of full strength full of energy so it's a picture of all kinds of demons and all kinds of demonic activity. But we need not fear. Thank God we need to realize that though we are in the midst of lions and cobras and serpents, amen, they are helpless if we know how to deal with them. Amen? They are helpless if we know how to deal with them if we come against them in praise in worship in the powerful name of jesus in his word in the blood of jesus we will always overcome in the end amen now i want you to look at this i just want to encourage you this today psalm 23 encourage you and God is equipping us, amen, tonight to put the enemy under our feet. In Psalm 23, verse 1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In Hebrew, the word shepherd there also means king. So the Lord is my king. 
I shall not want. And in verse four, this is so familiar. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, they, uh, because I think maybe because of this verse, they always say this at funeral services, okay? <laughs> Psalm 23. But I want you to know the valley of the shadow of death mentioned there is not talking about physical death, okay? Because when he talked about, when he started uh, to talk about verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. In verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. If you notice, he was still alive. Okay? He's still alive from verses 4, 5, and 6. So what does the shadow, the valley of the shadow of death means? In this life, no, this is what it means. In this life, where Satan is God, that he is the head of the domain of darkness. So, in this life, we go through it walking as if walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Okay? It's the shadow of spiritual death all around us. It's the shadow of sickness and calamities and accidents. It's the shadow of violence. Amen? All kinds of death. But notice, I want you to know this verse 5. Amen. And I hope you get encouraged tonight. It says verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Hallelujah. There's a table prepared for you and for me. It's a table and in that table, there is victory. Hallelujah. In that table, there is healing. In that table, there is provision. Amen. And Jesus prepared it for us. Hallelujah. Now, it says there, you, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I want you to know, as long as you live on this earth, the enemy will always be present. Amen. He was he's going to stay present until his time runs out upon the earth. But the good news is they cannot harm us. Amen. If we stay close to the king, stay close to the shepherd, follow him every day and exercise our victory over him. Hallelujah. Amen. We will overcome him. Now, the problem most of the time, we keep looking at the enemy. It's a high time we get our eyes off him and get our eyes on the table. Amen. Let's get our eyes on the table instead. It has been prepared. Hallelujah. How much have you partaken of it today? Tomorrow, it will still be there. Hallelujah. Tomorrow, you can feed on it. Jesus is waiting for you to fellowship with him in that table. Hallelujah. He's waiting for you to receive his blessings upon your life so that he can use, not only so that he can bless you, like Paul and Silas, so that he can use you to be a blessing for others. Amen. So you can trample on the enemy. Tread upon his works. Hallelujah. We have victory over all the power of the enemy. I want that to sink in today. Hallelujah. It does not matter what happened to you yesterday. Hallelujah. There's still that table. Amen. It's like a table where there's always food. Have you seen a table like that? And the food doesn't rot. Can you imagine? The food doesn't rot. It's just waiting for people to eat it, partake of it. So whatever you need every day, hallelujah, go first to the shepherd, 
go to the table, hallelujah, then go out into the world full. Don't go out into the world half empty. Amen? Because if you go out into the world half empty, you'll be easily uh, sidetracked. You'll be easily defeated by the enemy. But when you're full, when you're full of the presence of God, full of the word of God, amen, full of the praises of God, no matter what happens during the day, you can overcome everything. Amen. And you will not only be revived, there's going to be a household revival. Hallelujah. A household revival. Let's start with that. Let's start with our houses. Let's start with our lives. Amen. Let's start with our families. Let us start having faith that God wants to bring revival in our families. Amen. Hallelujah. He can do that. Acts 16.31, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your household shall be saved. And the word saved there is sozo. It's salvation package. Hallelujah. Salvation package. It means not only salvation from hell, from judgment, salvation from sickness and disease, temporary deliverance from anything evil. Hallelujah. Salvation also means, in Greek, it means prosperity. It means health. Hallelujah. It is a package deal. Praise God. And that package is not only for us individually. It's for our families. And that's the time. Since we are, especially here in the Philippines, we are uh, partially locked down again. It's time for revival in the houses. Hallelujah. So the more they lock us down, the more we will have revival in the house. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's how we see things. No? We see things differently. And I want to end there. Okay? I want to end there. 2 Corinthians 4. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. Amen. I preached myself happy tonight. Hallelujah. I hope you're happy. Woo! Praise the Lord. We are winners. We're overcomers in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Anyway, let us close with this. Praise God. 2 Corinthians 4, 16, 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Amen. Even in death and life crisis situations, we never lose heart. Why? Because our Lord is the Lord of resurrection. Amen. Hallelujah. He can resurrect anything. That's what revival is. Revival is about resurrection. Amen. Everything coming to life out of death. Amen. So we do not lose heart. Amen. Even though our outward man is perishing, that's the flesh, yet the inward man, our spirit, is being renewed day by day. That's the normal Christian life. Amen. We should be happier today than yesterday. Amen. This should be a more glorious night than last night. Amen. Because it says there, it says there, the inward man is being renewed day by day. I like to add night by night. Hallelujah. So while we do not look at the things which, which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Is God saying, is God saying, uh, deny what you see? No. He's not saying, he's not saying to deny what's happening. He's just saying, don't focus on it. Don't look at it. Amen. Don't focus on it. But we focus on the things that are not seen, on the promises of God, on the anointing of God, on the authority that we have in Christ Jesus, on the defeat of Satan himself. Hallelujah. Amen. We should always remind ourselves he is defeated. We focus on the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Hallelujah. Everything that we are now seeing are subject to change. Oh, praise God. 
Hallelujah. I'm happy tonight. Hmm. I'm happy tonight. Everything we are seeing by our natural eyes are subject to change. So anything that you see in your life, even in your own life or in the life of your family, you just say to it, you're going to change. You're subject to change. And, and you can say, in Jesus' name, I cast you out of my life. Hallelujah. Amen. That's how to enforce it. And you have a verse because it says here, the things which are seen are temporary. Amen. They are temporary. And the things which are not seen are eternal. So let's focus. Amen. Let's focus on our God. Amen. Let's focus on our victory. Let's focus on the defeat of Satan. Hallelujah. The more I say it, the more I get happier. Amen. He is defeated. Hallelujah. He is defeated. Satan is defeated. He's under our feet. Hallelujah. And it's time to partake of the table of the Lord. Hallelujah. So that we can be filled. And when we are full, the enemy cannot bring us down. Hallelujah. And we can share what we have to other people. And what, and what we have we have authority. We can pray. We can pray. Amen. Because, you know, it's much easier to pray when it's alive in your heart. Amen. It's much easier to pray when, when the presence of God is real, when the word of God is in your, it's, it, it's in your mind, you've meditated on it. It's in your heart. When, when you're always worshiping God, it's not hard to pray for others. Why? Because in that atmosphere, in that atmosphere of praise, in that at atmosphere of the meditation of the word of God, when your eyes are focused on him and him alone, that's when you hear God. Hallelujah. That's when you hear God. And whatever you hear him, you pray. You pray. And when he tells you, bind this, hallelujah, you bind it. When he tells you to lose this, you lose it. Hallelujah. Amen. And the enemy stays under your feet. Praise God. Praise God.